everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today's episode is centered around overcoming learning challenges, getting equipped to handle hard things, and more. Andrea Pittman is the executive director of the Nectar Group, which focuses on helping children truly overcome learning challenges like ADHD, dyslexia, or other learning struggles. On today's episode, she'll talk about how these issues can be identified and treated to allow children to reach their full learning potential. The Nectar Group will be joining us in Pigeon Forge May 5th through 7th, so if you or your child struggles with any of the issues mentioned above, I hope you'll plan to join us there. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events to get more information and to get your ticket for TTD Pigeon Forge today. Today's episode is sponsored by Apologia Educational Ministries. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning textbooks serve as the teacher and are written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activity and experiments throughout each course help students solidify the concepts they're learning and build a lifelong love of learning. Apologia also offers online learning through live classes, self-paced digital learning, and audio and video supplements to accommodate every student's unique learning style. To learn more and shop Apologia's award-winning curriculum, visit Apologia.com. Again, that is Apologia.com. I'm so excited for you to hear all the insights and helpful information Andrea has to offer. So let's dive right into our conversation. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Teach Them Diligently podcast. I'm really glad that you've joined us. And I think that you're going to find on today's episode an awful lot of great information that's going to encourage your heart, especially if you are homeschooling and parenting a child that has a learning challenge or or something that makes it a little bit more of a struggle to to do stuff the traditional way. I'm very glad to have Andrea Pittman joining us today. Andrea is the founder and executive director of the Nectar Group, and they do an awful lot of really cool things, offer services, assessments, this kind of thing for for families that have those learning challenges. So Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you guys do just as we're kind of setting the stage here? Sure, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I My background started out in the classroom as an educator. Um, I was certified to teach sixth through 12th grade and um, history, economics, geography, and political science. And when I was in the classroom, I became really frustrated with that. We had kiddos that had the same instruction as everyone else, had been in the same school district, same curriculum. And they were, I was teaching eighth grade and I had some kids that were reading at about a second grade level. And I just became Mm -hmm. really interested and intrigued at why, why does that happen? Like they had the same experience that the majority of the other kids had. They've been in the same school district, like I said. And so I just became 
super, uh, kind of almost obsessed with like, how do we actually solve what gets them to this place to begin with? And so I decided to leave the classroom and pursue a uh, you know, training and experience in the field of neuroscience. And so I was able to just start to delve into what actually is happening at a biological level when a child is not learning the way we would expect them to or, or in a way that's typical. Um, and that was almost 20 years ago. So I've spent the last two decades being a consultant for learning programs and schools and parents and families all across the country. And then eight years ago, started the Nectar Group. And we're an education um, in neuro, uh, or an education company that's based in neuroscience um, that really works with families with children as young as kindergarten. And we actually work with adults too. So we work all through the lifespan, all the way up to senior citizens. Um, what we know about the brain is that it's never too late to um, improve learning and our thinking capacity. And so we um, are really privileged to work with a lot of um different types of individuals and families, but the vast majority of our clients are K through 12. I have a particular passion for homeschool families. So we've always worked um, really closely with the homeschool community across the country. And um, my sister was homeschooled. I didn't get the privilege of being homeschooled. She came along after me when my mom decided <laughs> to, to go down that path, but I still had a great education experience, but got to see the real power in that. And then just working yeah. so closely with homeschool families, just get to see that. And I think in this day and age, we don't even have to go there of, of what all our families and kids are faced with in a traditional or oh. not even traditional, but a mainstream public school setting. Yeah. Um, I just think that the more I can do to help support this next generation rising up by supporting the parents who are trying to mold and form them and teach them um, is just so important to me and a calling that I take you know, very much to heart. So we work with families on a lot of different tiers, just in a real quick overview. We, we do, we provide all types of assessments from diagnostic assessments to be able to determine if there is a learning disability like dyslexia or ADHD. We provide treatments that are neuroscience-based treatments that actually um, remedy and help correct the underlying issues that cause a learning disability so that you don't just have to struggle with it every year, year after year. We actually can correct, yeah. of course. Um, and then we also provide all kinds of tutoring and academic support. Some of our families come to us because, uh, for example, maybe they they feel really confident teaching math up to a certain grade level, but then they're like, oh, I don't really want to teach geometry to my child. So we can take over and really help support in particular subject areas. Um, and then we do things like study skills and executive function coaching to help prepare them for beyond high school or for next steps in their academic um you know, journey and, and whether that's into middle school or high school and, and wherever they're at. We do all that one-to-one -one, uh, with certified teachers and psychologists, and we have a really great team of about 30 professionals that work with our families. And our practice is actually uh, virtual. So we started from day one. Our therapies are pretty unique. So we knew that most people wouldn't live by wherever we put our headquarters. Right. And so we are able to work with families. We work with families across all 50 states and even internationally. We have some wow. missionary families we work with in Ecuador and Hong Kong and all over the world. So really fun that we get to do that. That's awesome. And I'm so glad that you went through all of that because it, when I talk to families who 
discover um, learning challenges. They, you know, they have children that learn differently. They are often at a loss as to where to go, what to do next. Um, and honestly, and I'll probably throw this out as kind of a, a kickoff question. I think that for a lot of them, there's so much insecurity in what they're doing. You know, does their child need more than they can offer? Would they be better off in a different circumstance? And so why don't we start just right there? Is is a mm-hmm. homeschool teacher actually equipped and adequate to teach a child that has challenges like this? Yeah, absolutely. And a wonderful question. And I hear from families all the time, and um, especially from moms, some sometimes some guilt or fear that are they the best person to serve this child's needs with learning challenges. And the thing that I'm always sharing with them is that even if you are not an expert in your child's specific learning disability, <clears throat> excuse me, which most likely you are not, um, you are an expert in your child. And also, if you think about the alternative of your child with these learning differences, being in a classroom with 25, 28, 30 other children, even with a highly trained teacher who's a specialist in that learning disability, which most teachers, by the way, are not trained in learning disabilities, mm-hmm. unless that's their specific area of specialization, um, your child is going to be getting very little Um, one-to-one intervention, which is very important for children with learning disabilities. So even with you maybe having some, maybe you don't have as much expertise or formalized training um, in what your child's issues are, you do have the capacity and the ability to um, to work with them in a one-to-one capacity and to be able to really meet their needs. Another question related to that that I get all the time is, Um, Is something that I did or didn't do causing them to have this learning disability or this learning difficulty? Is it me? I mean, I think it would be pretty rare that a mom or a dad that's working with their child at home might not ask that question if their child's just not learning correctly. Sometimes if families with multiple children, they'll be like, I think I've done the same thing with this one as I did with the others, but they're still (laughs) not learning the same way. Like, what am I doing wrong? And the thing that I, I can tell you is that when we look at the causes of learning disabilities, they are not anything that you could do or not do in the Mm. vast majority of cases that would cause that. So you can just put that aside and kick that, that question to the curb. You know, I mean, sure. We can all be better, right? We can all learn and continue to improve ourselves and how we're teaching our children. But, but the, the learning disabilities are not caused by, by education. Um, just like if your child was in a public school and they had a learning disability or in a private school, it wouldn't be the school's fault that they have that. The main causes for learning disabilities, the number one cause is actually genetics. And even if as parents, you do not have the learning disability yourself, you can have the, the way the genes come together can still cause that learning disability in your child. So again, it doesn't mean that you have the disability. You might, for example, if you have dyslexia, your child has a 50% chance of having dyslexia. If you have ADHD, it's a 50% um, chance. So, and then if both parents have them, you know, you're going to end up having some of those challenges that run in the family. It's very, you know, common when I'm meeting with parents, like one of them will go, well, that's me. I know I struggled with these things too. (laughs) So super common with that. Um, and there's nothing you could do about that. You know, that was in the creator's hands in terms of how, how those genes came together to make that child uniquely and, and magnificently created no matter what, what 
the genetics tell us, but, but that's most often the cause. There is, um, there are other things like, for example, a child that is born premature, um, has a significant, typically three to four times higher risk of having a learning disability or learning, just learning difficulties than a child who's born at full term. Well, if you had a child that was born premature, you probably couldn't do anything about it. When it was time for that baby to come, they came. And so you, you don't have a lot you control there. Um, another common cause is a concussion or head injury. Again, those are accidents that aren't typically your fault. One thing I will note, the one exception to this is children that do have um, significant trauma or physical abuse or emotional abuse. Um, almost always have learning difficulties because the wow. brain will shut down the development um, in order to preserve. It's a survival mechanism. And so the reason I mentioned that is that um, obviously that is something in parents control, but we work with a lot of parents who have adopted children out of foster care or traumatic international situations, and they're dealing with significant learning challenges that can be rooted a lot of times in that early childhood trauma, um, or, you know, if there's been malnourishment and, you know, unfortunately a lot of these children face those things. Um, so if you do have a child that you have brought into your home through adoption, that may be one of the, the challenges that you're experiencing as well. Yeah. Well, uh, that is, that is actually really fascinating. All of, all of those different reasons that you gave the, the, you know, kind of underlying predictors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I was wondering, as you were talking, I, these learning disabilities, can they be treated or corrected? Or is this something that these mm -hmm. kids are going to need to learn how to manage, but they're going to be living with them for, for their life? Yeah, great question. And the answer is so full of hope. And there's a lot of um, just flat out wrong information being provided to parents um, in a pretty significant way. And let me clarify what I mean by that. So the good news is that the, almost all learning difficulties or disabilities can be made better. And what, and when I say that, I don't mean just a little bit better, better. I mean, significantly better. Yeah. The latest research from the past 10 years shows that, for example, 92% of cases of dyslexia are fully treatable where you will no longer test positive for dyslexia wow. after the correct treatment. Um, we see in our practice for children who are taking medications for ADHD, that 70 percent of them are able to be completely off medication in only four to six months of treatment. So we're talking about significant um, abilities to actually correct the underlying causes. And the good news about that is that those therapies, when applied correctly, um, are are um, effective regardless of what caused your child's disability. So it doesn't matter if it was because they were a preemie or because they had um, some early childhood trauma before they came to your family or whether it was just genetics and how those, how that, that came to be. And so regardless of cause, we can treat the underlying issues that, that contribute that and either move children from a more severe end of the spectrum to a less severe or even off the spectrum. Now, the exception to this are certain types of chromosomal, uh, what we call a lot of times chromosomal typos or spelling errors in the DNA. So um, a, an example of something is Down syndrome. 
Um, as of today, we don't have a treatment that's going to remove the down syndrome, obviously. So when I'm talking about these, we are talking about things like dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, ADHD, you know, or even just things that where there's not a diagnosed learning disability, but something like my child's just slower. Like they, they get under time pressure. They don't work as fast. Things take two or three times longer than it did for my other child, or they were slow to speak and read might not be a diagnosed disability, but you see some learning challenges there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those can be, are very responsive to treatment. The reason a lot of times parents are told that these things are not treatable and you just have to learn to live with it is that schools do not treat these disabilities. So most of the time I do a lot of continuing education training for teachers that are in public and private schools. And they're always like kind of blown away because the therapies for the treatment or the the therapies that provide these treatments live on the neuroscience side of the world. And teachers don't take a single class in neuroscience. They're, They're educator and they're learning teaching pedagogy and curriculum and approach and those kinds of things. It's really, to me, unfortunate. My big picture goal would be that teachers actually learn this neuroscience so that they know. Uh, but but a school isn't, your child isn't going to be treated in a school setting. Um, it, it's done through very specialized different types of therapies, which I can talk a little bit more about. But um, but the short answer is the brain is has this principle called neuroplasticity, which means the brain is malleable and moldable and able to be changed. And I always say this is one of God's greatest gifts that he he gave us um, is that we are able to um, rewire our brains and we are not stuck with what we were born with. We can make those better. Our brains have that built into them. And, and for children who have had a really unfair start to life to no fault of their own, who have been, um, who were in abusive situations or just even less than optimal situations, we can restore what wasn't developed to begin with, which is really Mm. exciting. Um, so there's just tons of hope there. And, um, and something that I love to be able to, to share with families that this is not as good as it gets. And you don't have to have a life of compensating. Our primary approach in a, in a school system is to compensate and accommodate for learning difficulties. So if your child takes longer to complete tasks, they have, that's typically caused by low processing speed. And so they'll struggle to finish like a test in the right amount of time, or they may take longer to learn something. What we do in a, in a school setting is we give them extra time. Um, and that's fair. It lets them actually complete the test and get an appropriate grade and those kinds of things, but it doesn't actually treat. Why do they need extra time to begin with? How do we upgrade their processing speed so that it's faster and and they're more equipped to deal with the time pressures that life just throws at us. And so on one hand in a homeschool environment, it's fantastic because your child isn't constrained by the, you know, in that example, the time limits of a class period or something um, for doing their work. But on the flip side, it also isn't treating that they do need that extra time. And at some point they're going to be in the, in the world where they have these time pressures on them, whether that's in a job or in a collegiate setting or something like that. So our focus is always on like pinpointing what are the causes? Is it your processing speed? Is it your visual processing, your memory, your logic? What is actually at the root and then treating that appropriately? Yeah. And and that's, 
I, I learned so much. I was actually writing so fast and thinking of so many people <laughs> that, that literally mm-hmm. I was sitting there as you were talking and I was thinking of specific people that I want to call and listen to this episode because mm-hmm. I think that it will be so encouraging to them. Just that, that hope that you gave there and, and the explanation mm-hmm. that you gave. I am. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm very excited right. to share this for those. I, I think though, that one of the problems that, that confronts homeschool families is being able to recognize whether their child has a learning difficulty or if it's just they are developing slower. So are there yes. are there any ways for those that are kind of questioning that right now, any red flags, any, you know, markers mm-hmm. that would help them assess that and know whether they needed to to really get help to overcome it or if it's yes. just be patient and it's going to, you know, that light bulb's going to come on and it's going to click and they're going right. to move forward easily. Absolutely. And this is one of the most, the biggest challenges for any teacher, homeschool or classroom, um, because there are kids that we know kids develop at different rates, right? You know, we all know that like maybe your baby walked at 10 months old and, uh, but a friend's baby walked at 16 months old, but they are eventually all running together out on the playground, you know? So, uh, there's times when it's like, oh, they're just developing at different paces, but they'll still all catch up and it's going to be fine. But then there are skills and issues that are non-developmental, meaning time is not going to allow that to catch up. And with those issues, we ideally want to intervene in those as early as possible. It's The good news is it's never too late. We have many people who start working with us that are high schoolers that have been, you know, parents are like, oh my gosh, I just always thought they'd catch up. Yeah. And they just haven't yet. You know, I have a young man right now that is 21 that I'm working with and he was homeschooled from preschool through, <laughs> through high school. Um, and they just kept thinking he'd mature into it and he never did. And now that he's a young adult and trying to navigate college, they're like, let's just get this corrected. And I'm like, yeah, we can't go back. Um, but there are some flags that you can recognize um, that will really help Uh, you know, should we look at this a little bit deeper with some assessments? There are assessments that really pinpoint, is this a developmental issue where they're going to catch up later and we can just be patient? Um, Or is it non-developmental where we need to intervene and they are going to need some extra help so that we can get that going? So some of the things that we would look at as, and these don't mean that your child has a disability, but they would be red flags to go, maybe we should look at this a little bit deeper. Um, And there's quite a few, but I'll just give a few of the main ones. One would be if your child struggles with multi-step instructions. So if you give them like a three or four step process and they forget steps three and four while they're doing steps one and two, um, or they do four first because they already forgot one to three, um, that's a red flag. That's a real big sign of a a deficit in your working memory, um, which is the short-term memory that allows you to hold multiple processes or pieces of information in your mind while you complete a task. Moms always notice this one because these will be the kiddos who you say, go to your room, grab your bag for your soccer practice, um, brush your teeth and you know get your baseball cap and meet me back down to go to the garage and they you like they disappear and you're like where did my child go (laughs) and you come up and they're playing with their legos and they've totally missed all of those things they're like wait what did you ask me to do mom um you'll really notice this because you're like come on like get with the program kiddo you know you're always it's very frustrating of course always doing that so you'll see they need a lot of repetition and in particular will struggle with those multiple step instructions now 
all kids do this sometimes, right? All kids have selective hearing to what their parents are telling them, especially if it's something they don't really want to do. Um, but we call this kind of in one ear, out the other syndrome. They're constantly struggling to, to hold on to that. And sometimes this looks like uh, what people will start to think is that they're not paying attention. So they'll be concerned about an attention problem. Um, another one is what I referenced a few minutes or just a minute ago, which was about like the speed. So if you notice your child is taking longer to do things than others, um, or than what you would just expect is typical, if it's your only child, and you don't kind of have a comparison, that can be a sign of slow processing speed, which causes a lot of learning difficulties. Um, these kids will kind of get off task or zone out. Um, they may be more easily distracted. Um, they can get some anxiety if they're under time pressure, even if it's like, okay, everyone, we got to get out the door to get to an appointment, get, get your shoes on and they're struggling and taking longer and everyone's in the car ready to go. And you're still trying to corral this kiddo. Um, that can be a sign of that slower processing yeah. speed because it doesn't just affect academics. It also affects, um, just day-to-day -day function. Um, you'll see some signs of red flags around long-term memory. If you're noticing, like we've gone over a concept multiple times and they seemed like they had it, but then when it came up again later, it's like we had to start over from scratch. I hear this from parents all the time, even like in teaching a child to read, you'll see that they will struggle to sound out a word. You'll work with them on it. They'll finally get it. And then two pages later, they come across the same word and you're back to scratch again. You're, it's like they've never seen the word again. That's a sign that there's probably something going on, uh, or there's possibly, I should say. Um, a couple of other things are if they just constantly say, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, you're seeing that they can't inference. Um, they can't like read between the lines or kind of connect the dots between concepts. And that can, of course, affect like math word problems and reading comprehension. Um, if you notice your child mispronouncing words, um, when they read out loud or even just in their speech, you notice poor spelling, um, not like inconsistently being able to use the correct patterns and the spelling. Um, those can be besides. Now, children that need speech therapy have a really high risk of also having dyslexia or a reading disability. So if your child was late to speak or they had a speech issue, especially if they needed speech therapy, there is a very high possibility and actually a high probability that they will need some therapy around reading development as well, because the part of the brain that controls our speech is the exact same part of the brain that controls our reading. Um, they're, the, they're in the same region called the um, AFQ part of the brain, which is actually where our auditory processing lives. And so that's really important. Um, so those are, those are, I know that's a lot. We do have something we offer that I just thought of. Um, that anyone listening can feel free. Probably the easiest way is they can just email us and I know our contact information will be made available, but we have a parent checklist for identifying issues and it has everything I just said, plus about 30 more things. Wow. And it's literally a little checklist that you can go through. And if you're trying, if you're getting enough of those check marks, then that's where it might may make sense to have like a consultation just to talk through testing options to, mm -hmm. to really get to the bottom of it. So that's something that I'm happy to email to anyone. We have an email that's get answers at the So get answers at the They can email that and we'll shoot this checklist right back to them. Um, that can be a, a great resource for you. Um, for anyone that is actually coming to the upcoming 
conferences where we'll be at, we will actually have these checklists at our table printed that you can pick up in, in all of our workshops. So you could also swing by if you're going to be at one of the conferences that would be fun to do too. Absolutely. And I'll make sure that I, I link or give a, write this in the show notes so that people know where to get that, that checklist. Um, and, and that was, again, I'm just, I'm writing so fast as you're talking that I'm going (laughs) to have to go back and listen again myself. But as I was listening, one of the things that was really, okay, so you've given us these red flags, you know, I'm sure that there are some that are listening that are like, oh, you know, there, this is resonating. Mm-hmm. I, it makes so much sense. Yeah. But then how, how as a home school, as a, excuse me, how can I, as a homeschool parent then help my child who is struggling, you know, and, and to me, yeah. that would include, you know, what, how do, how do we have them assessed? What kind of treatment options are available? You know, how, what are the next steps? How do I help? Because we all want the best for our kids and we want to equip them the best possible way. So in this way, how do we get involved? What do we do here? Absolutely. So I will give you some basic information. And then if you want to dig deeper, something else that I will give you to put in the show notes is we offer monthly webinars um, Mm. that are completely free. Um, They are just uh, about all these topics. And so we have one on how to pick the right assessment for your child. Um, We have one on treatments for each of the types of learning disabilities. And we either, you can either attend one of those that's coming up live in an upcoming month, or if there's one that's already passed and that's what you need help with, we'll send you the recording. There's no cost, no nothing about around that, but those are great ways to get even more detailed information than we'll obviously be able to do right now. But the first step is to really have your child assessed. And assessment is so important. Even though assessments don't fix anything, they tell us where the root problem lies. Um, I'm not even as concerned about a diagnosis. I want to know what's going on underneath the surface that's causing the child not to learn the way we would expect or the way that's typical. And so the, the type of testing that I recommend for most families as a first step is what's called a comprehensive cognitive assessment. We have seven core cognitive skills. All people do. <laughs> it's how our brains work. And those are our skills that make up how we learn and process information. Things like our processing speed, that working memory that I mentioned, our long-term memory, visual processing, our auditory processing, our attention spans, um, and our uh, visual processing. I think I might have said that one twice. But, um, but those are the skills that, that cause learning challenges. And we know that actually 88% of all learning difficulties are caused by one or more weaknesses in those seven areas. So statistically speaking, if your child is having a difficulty, that's where we want to start assessing. Um, That's where we want to look because there's an 88% chance that the problem is there. Or if we rule those out, it rules out a lot of issues and we may, and we can determine if it's more just developmental and they just need a little bit more time. So that is testing that Um, We recommend the test that we actually recommend is called the Woodcock-Johnson 4 Test of Cognitive Abilities. Um, That's something that we offer that families could reach out to us and we'll discuss it with them first and determine is that the right step for them or is something else um, more applicable. We do that testing through telehealth so you can do it from wherever Mm. you're at. And we actually see kids get improved outcomes and the accuracy of the testing doing it from 
their own homes on video conferencing versus being in a clinical setting yeah. um, with strangers they've never met. Um, you actually do much better in getting an accurate assessment. We have parents fill out a pretty extensive questionnaire. And then I have a, a 90 minute meeting with you to go over all of that um, and then can make recommendations for the best next steps or treatments, or if other types of testing are needed in addition to that, if we have something more severe. For example, if you were if we were worried about something like an autism spectrum disorder, that testing by itself is not enough to do a diagnosis for that. But it is, um, but that's a really good starting point yeah. and it's not super expensive or anything like that. So it's a really good way to sort out what is actually going on. And then based on that, whether you're working with us or some someone else, you know, my passion then is being able to provide the recommendations for what do we do with that information? You know, the testing information by itself isn't going to help, but in terms of fixing it, but what that will let us know then is I can then give you recommendations for teaching approaches for what you're doing in your schooling at home. We can give recommendations for the best type of intervention or therapies, and we can then give recommendations um, for if there is any kind of external um, additional testing or some other resource that is needed. Um, in terms of therapies for learning challenges, um, you have to really make sure you're always looking at what is treating the symptoms versus what mm. is treating the cause. So for example, ADHD we're all, most people are familiar, even if you don't have a firsthand experience, that most people use stimulant medications like Adderall or Ritalin or Vyvanse or some of the names you've probably heard from just commercials even or anything. Um, but these are medications that um, people utilize for ADHD. They are not like an antibiotic that if you have an infection and you take the antibiotic, it cures the infection because right. it kills the bacteria causing that and then you're done. They are simply medications that are that manage your symptoms. Mm -hmm. They kind of tamp down your symptoms. It's kind of like uh, this might sound silly. But it's kind of like if you have an ulcer and you just eat Rolaids all day every day. You're not actually treating the Rolaid, or you're not treating the ulcer. You're just helping your symptoms. You're helping it not hurt as bad. Um, and that's something like ADHD medications. So, um, so we're always looking at my approach is always looking at how do we actually holistically treat what's causing you to have this from the beginning. That might be nutritional or dietary changes. That might be supplements. Um, that might be a, a therapy that we do that's the top therapy, most common therapy, I should say, and most effective therapy for actually treating learning disabilities, which is a therapy called cognitive training. Um, cognitive training is kind of like working out with a personal trainer, but for your brain. And so the child meets with someone who's called a certified cognitive coach for one-to-one -one therapy sessions. And what that looks like is um, let's say your child is slower with processing speed and we uncover that that's their weakness. The field of neuroscience has developed ec mental exercises that target that processing speed. And so when we do those exercises for long enough and repeatedly enough, then it actually increases your processing speed. And you can literally see physiological changes on a brain scan where that part of the brain is now functioning better. And so that's actually a cure or a treatment um, that makes that, that issue go away. And so, uh, for example, that's how we treat dyslexia. Dyslexia is caused by a weakness in a skill called phonological processing, and there are treatments that correct that deficiency. And so that's what we look at. There's obviously other kinds of uh, interventions like tutoring, 
or like um, executive function coaching or study skills coaching. Um, there's speech therapy and occupational therapy and a lot of these different things. But the key is to be matching up what is the cause of the issue with the treatment that that fixes that cause, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, it does. It does. And I actually so appreciate your approach in that because I know that for for us, as in most parents, they don't want to just treat symptoms. They don't want to mm-hmm. just yes. put their children on a lifetime of, of pharmaceuticals yeah. because that it's not actually getting to the root. And so I so appreciate that that is your heart and your approach to it is let's get down to the root and, and mm-hmm. see if we can't, you know, deal with these causes rather than just bandaid the symptoms. Um, and Absolutely. so I just, I really wanted to note that because it's different than I think a lot of parents run into when they take their child to a, mm-hmm. a doctor or, or, you know, at at school, what is, what is recommended and that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. uh, I appreciate your taking that approach. Absolutely. It's so fun and so rewarding. I always say I get to put on my detective hat and really investigate (laughs) what is at the cause of this. And because a lot of these symptoms overlap. And so if we diagnose and if we treat based on symptoms, we're going to get it wrong a lot of the time. Um, you know, it's just like three of us could all have a stomach ache and one person could have stomach cancer and one person could have eaten something bad for breakfast and one person could be stressed out and their nerves are causing them to have their yeah. stomach to do flip-flops. What we would do about each of those things would be really radically different. And so right. we wouldn't want to just treat a stomach ache. We want to find out what is under the surface going on. And, and so that is just, you know, something I feel like I just preach from the rooftops all the time. Because I get so many families, uh, you know, consulting with me who for years have been going down this path of symptom management, or they've just Mm -hmm. been doing like extra help and extra time. And the mom's like, oh my gosh, it's taking us two years to get through one year of curriculum. (laughs) Um, And we're just struggling to pull this kiddo through. And those are times when you go, okay, something else is probably going on in terms of how the brain is working that's prohibiting them from learning, you know, and, and the good thing is, is like I said, is there, there are many of those things, the vast majority can be made radically better. So it's, Mm. it's good news for all of us. Oh, it is. It's so hopeful and so exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I know that a lot of people are sitting here really looking for, okay, what is the next step? So what I, Mm -hmm. I have seen my child as you've been going through this stuff, I felt in my bones that I needed to get help, or maybe I've already gotten help. And I just like, I I like what you're saying. I like getting to, to treat it a different way. What would be the next step of a parent who, you know, just wants Mm -hmm. to get to, to get help and, and, and treatment and, you know, or even, even some assessment that they can see whether they need it. So you've given right. us the, the get answers email address, but, but what, mm-hmm. aside from that, and maybe that's the very first thing, but, but what would be the very first thing that, that parents would need to do? Yeah. So parents just need to get in contact with us, whatever way is easiest for you. And I'll give you a couple options here. Um, And what we would do is literally just start with a phone call or we can schedule a consultation. There's no cost for either of those. Um, It would be either me or um, our senior director, whose name is Danny. Um, One of the two of us would would talk to you. We just do a phone call and understand what's going on 
What are the symptoms that you're seeing? Um, what are your concerns? And then we can help navigate you to is the assessment the best next step? Um, is there something else? Do we need to refer you to something else? You know, our heart is to get you to where, where is your child going to get the help that they need? So that might be with us. And if that's external to us, we'll get you to the right place. Um, and so in terms of contacting us, um, you can email us at that get answers at the You can go to our website, which is the And on our website, there is, um, if you go to like the connect with us button and on every page, it has a spot where you can get to that. Um, there is a place where you can schedule either like a 15 minute phone call, or if you're like, I really have a lot of questions, a phone call is not going to cut it. You can schedule a free one hour consultation. Um, and we'll just consult with you over a video conference where we can talk through things. Um, you can, like I said, you can email us. Our phone number is of course on there and you can give us a phone call just if you want to reach out without a scheduled time. Um, uh, and so there's lots of ways we have a text line, we have live chat. So there's plenty of ways, whatever your flavor is of how you like to communicate, you can get to us uh, via that. And so, um, so that'll be, you know, just reach out and we'll help you get squared away. But typically the first step is some testing. If your child has already had some extensive testing, then we are always happy for no cost to review that testing and have a consultation with you for a second opinion or to give you what our recommendations would be. So you can always, um, you know, do that as well. If you're going, well, we've already got tested, but we still don't really know what to do with this information or we got a diagnosis, but what we've been doing hasn't been working. What else could we do? Then we're happy to help you with that. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate your laying it all out. I really I'm very grateful for the for what you've shared because what I hope everyone walks away with is number 1 as a homeschool parent I am very well equipped to give my child the personal attention that he needs to help him succeed mm-hmm. um under whatever circumstances he finds himself two that there is a lot of hope for getting to the root of what's causing the struggle and giving the tools and the tricks and and kind of letting our brain rewire itself in the way that it needs to to give them a a much less challenging path going forward so the mm-hmm. the amount of hope that you shared is just awesome Yes, I agree. I, I said, I've been doing this for 20 years and it never gets old or less exciting to be able to share that with families. <laughs> so. Well, and that comes out. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the things mm-hmm. that um, I'm, I'm sure has led to your success in this because I could hear your excitement about it. I could hear your enthusiasm mm-hmm. for sharing with families that there is hope that you know, mm-hmm. this is, this is not a lifetime sentence. We can, we can work with this. And God did this um, for a reason because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And um, yes. you, you come across as one who loves what you get to do. And that's, that's an exciting mm-hmm. thing too. I do. Well, thank you for that feedback. It's spot on. It, it is my heart. So mm-hmm. um, it's a blessing for me to be able to share it with, with the families that'll hear this. So um, I'm always grateful for that. Well, thank you again for taking the time. I know you're busy and this has been incredibly helpful. So Andrea, it's been a joy to talk to you today. I'm so glad you were here. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. And to everybody else, I know that this has been a great help to you. I encourage you to share this episode with as many people as you can think of that need to hear what Andrea has to say as well. I know, like I mentioned before, my brain was going crazy with 
um, people that I thought would really benefit from this. So, so pass this along, share it on social media, send the link through text or email, and just encourage the hearts of those who you know are struggling. You've seen them at church. You've talked to them at co-op. You know they're discouraged. Let them hear this and see if uh, this isn't a great help to them as well. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. I hope we get to see you at an event this season. I would love to to hear your story and get to talk to you there, as I'm sure Andrea would as well. And I hope that you have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.